0: There are no bogeymen. That's not true. Yeah. You have to get out. Why?
1: I keep seeing these images projected into my head. Is it going to work? Probably not. Maybe. Yeah. Hello there. This is Olivia from Ozline Podcast. I like to listen to people talk about things. So here's a really good network for people talking about things. It's actually called the Discussing Network because it's people. Talking about Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to start by welcoming back Lee Shackelford. Lee, welcome back. Hey, thanks very much. We missed you last week. I appreciate that, although I listened to the episode and thought you did fine without me, so... But mm. I'm glad to be back. Well, glad to have you back. And, you know, I felt like I... Just wanted to like fall down on the ground and like hit my f- head into the ground just because you weren't on there last week. Don't be depressed about a cow. Man, no, no, no. <laughs> Even though I literally did do that, but, uh, not because of you. That was just because I was clumsy, but yeah, I'm glad I wasn't the instigator of that. So welcome back also my friend, Clarence Brown. How are you?
2: Doing great, man. Glad to be on another episode and ready to. Chop it up, as always, with you guys. Awesome,
1: awesome, awesome. So, obviously, we are back to talk about more Doctor Who. And if this is your very first episode of listening to Discussing Who, we want to say welcome. We're glad that you're here, and we hope that you subscribe to the show. We'd be glad to have you on our journey through Doctor Who's space and time. As far as the news goes, I don't really have anything for the news other than saying we are, I believe, one episode as of this recording away from the two-part finale of Series 12. So I guess this mm. is kind of a news. Let me ask you guys an mm. opinion, something. Series 12, we're over three-fourths or about three-fourths, or I'm not good at math, three-fourths of the way through how are you enjoying series 12 Clarence? Why don't you take that first? What do you, what are you
2: thinking on series 12 so far? Oh man, <laughs> that's kind of hard. I, I think it's definitely had its moments. I mean, it's had a few episodes that I consider maybe my most favorite of the uh, Jodie Whitaker era. So I'm enjoying it in spurts <laughs> not to give away tonight, I haven't enjoyed the last few episodes as much, and I think it's getting away from those touchstones that it hit upon early on in the season that had me just on fire. So I don't know. I'm a little iffy about it. All right. What about you guys? Uh,
0: I would say that with the exception of um, Orphan 55 and and parts of uh, praxis I've been having a great time, really enjoying it. And um Uh, And and only slightly distracted by looking at uh, IMDB's listing, next week is The Haunting of of, uh, Villa Diodati, followed by Ascension of the Cybermen and the Timeless Children.
1: Yes. Children,
0: not child. Yes. Children. Timeless Children. Interesting. So... And, but that is not listed as being, well, let's see, Is are they calling that episode 10? I believe so. It says, yeah, it says that it airs on, supposed to air on March the 1st. Uh, marching towards, but not up to, a spoiler, they say the true identity of Ruth is revealed. Mm. So. What? That's what it says. Oh, my God. Come on. No. Ugh the true identity of Ruth, which may be that she's exactly who she says she is. Yeah. Well, yeah,
1: anyway, anyway, weird. Interesting, man. Wow. Interesting. All right. So, I mean, we could just sit here and speculate for hours, <laughs> but since <laughs> yeah, we just don't have hours, we do know that we do have an episode that we have just recently watched, which is Can you hear me? So I will say, if you are listening and you can hear me, put us (laughs) on pause. Go out. Watch this episode. Come back. Because from this moment forward, spoilers. spoilers.
2: Spoilers. 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 Affirmative. Spoilers.
1: Alrighty, we are back to review Can You Hear Me? This is the seventh episode of the 2020 series of Doctor Who, and it aired first on the 9th of February 2020. So summary review lee what say you? Did you like this episode?
0: I I did and I didn't. I guess it, it's it, it. This is sort of what I said about uh, Praxis just last week. Is that there are some things about it that I liked so much, and then there were things where I just sort of face palmed and said, "Not this again." So, you know, it's so hard. But I would say on the whole, the things that I really liked outweighed the things that um, were making the the Picard face palm. What about you, Mister Brown?
2: Um wow. I think I like this one a little <laughs> bit better than, than the last episode. I loved everything leading up into into the actual reveal of the villain in this episode. Um uh, some weird stylistic choices uh with the fingers, I'm sure we'll get into. But uh overall I, I think it was okay. <laughs> I, I I'm just not over the moon about it at all. But I, I you know, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And, you know, they're hitting on some very real issues again with this episode. So, um yeah, I think I think I enjoyed it. What about you, Kyle?
1: All right. So I love it when we are in contact with each other and we have that sympathy, you know, that I, our brains are all on the same wavelength because contact contact because yeah, I am contact. in total agreement with elements of what both you two gentlemen said. You know, I I did like things about it. Then there's a certain thing in it that I just, two things actually that I really didn't like, but I did enjoy this much better than I'd enjoyed the last episode. And I liked some of the themes that this hit upon. It resonated with me. And I really, really liked that aspect. And I think for the first time in the majority of the episodes that I've seen, I felt more connected to these three companions in the little tidbits that we got then maybe all the scenes that I've seen so far with them. I think that there were some good character moments here. Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of break it down into certain elements that we're going to talk about. I want to talk about the setup of the story. I actually then want to go into the villains or the bad guys next and then come back. And I want to focus on our companions and some of the things that Happened. So, starting with the opening, we see Aleppo and we see, you know, we know this is in Syria and we're seeing this set hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So, Clarence, what was your thoughts on the opening scene, the setup that we got?
2: Mm, Yeah, I don't know if there's a lot for me to take away. I I thought being in Syria was an interesting choice. Uh, And I don't know if that was meant to maybe Give us a, a, a more positive light on Syria <laughs> a bit from, you know, all the things we're hearing in the news. So I, that's the only thing I really, really garner from them. Like, why are we in Syria? But it seems cool to see this angle of it that I guess a lot of people don't know about or see, even though it's in the 1300s. So
1: Cole, Lee, what say you? Uh, well, the uh,
0: the big thing about these opening scenes to me is that it was presented as a teaser. And uh, I, I, I love the teaser. I just always glad when an episode opens, takes us straight into the story instead of into the opening titles. And so uh, I like that about it a whole lot. And, you know, we've talked about things that, you know, that send you scrambling to the internet or to your, you know, if you happen to have physical encyclopedias or something like that, we're mm-hmm. saying, really? I thought I have sort of seen Aleppo on a map, but that dome is something else, you know? Yeah. Does they make that up? Nope, that's the Citadel of Aleppo. That's kind of kind of wow. what it actually looks like. It's yeah. So, wow. <laughs> but it, it did, it made me want to go look that up. So, you know, t- fascinating, really fascinating.
1: So, as a tie in to that and kind of hitting on what Clarence said, Aleppo of course has been in the news and it is seen in a different light because I think the last time it was in the news, we were hearing about atrocities that were being uh, performed, you know, in Aleppo. So I, I think that was a nod to be a statement, but also a nod to history. And I did like the historical thing. Uh Lee, you just gave your opinion on a clo- cold opening before we get the actual credits. Clarence, what about you? Do you have a preference? Do you like seeing that snippet before the credits? Does it matter or do you like seeing the credits first and then going into the story.
2: Yeah. I, well, I think you guys have always been more about the critics credits than I am. Uh, I think my sensibilities have just tended toward, you no, know, I, I care very little about the credit, uh, you know, whether it's Dr. Who or any other show, I kind of just see it as, Oh, we're finally in the story. Let's move on. And, you know, over the years, I've gotten shorter and shorter mm-hmm. from the, the long, you know, very highly, um, produced song wise. Mm-hmm. 80s credits that we used to get. Uh But but yes, yeah, just a different time where the credits are shorter. And I do like the cold opens. Uh They really just get you into the story and get you going. So, yeah, I like it.
1: You know, I want to and I'm kind of switching podcast here for a minute. But one of the things that I did not mention on our latest discussing track that I think is appropriate to mention now is the. Picard music that is playing as talking about openings and and beautiful you know beautiful imagery as well as hauntingly beautiful music. If you've not listened to Picard or seen the new Picard series on CBS All Access, please go check it out. If nothing else for the music and the intro alone, it is just a plus to me. So. A little side note. So gentlemen, let me ask you, what did you think about the bad guys? And you know, Clarence, you mentioned the fingers and I'll, I'll just go ahead and say an opinion real quick. That was disgusting. I hated the fingers. The fingers in the ears was just, you could have come up with something better than that. So yeah. <laughs> what did you think? I mean, not,
2: not only that, um, that just really freaked me out and. The fact that we only saw one finger go into his ear and, and all five of them left his hand, I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I was all
0: really confused. That's right. In a second, you want to say, I want to see where those other fingers. No, wait a minute. <laughs> no, I do not no, want don't. to see where those other fingers are.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Oh, man. Just a weird choice. Weird choice.
0: Well, and, and this is something that i i often uh i'm puzzled by in these conversations I, I guess i'm directing this to Kyle. is that very often you talk about things that you don't like when we're when we're telling a horror story and so i i i'm i often wonder what you mean by that because it's supposed to be horrifying you're not supposed to <laughs> like it so i don't good i don't think i don't think
1: i know what you mean you know, I'm going to throw your words back at you because yeah. you say Uh-oh. sometimes you ask the most insightful questions. Well, Lee Shackleford, that was the most insightful <laughs> question. Uh, wow. I'm. Well, I mean, you know, like uh, like a plot event will happen that's supposed to be
0: dark and tragic, and you'll say, "I didn't like that," and I always think, "Well, we're not supposed to like it," <laughs> but 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 at the same time, I think there's a there's a larger.
1: I don't know. So, and and, and I don't know either because I'm sitting here thinking, why don't I like that? Other than the fact that I just thought that it was creepy looking. Yeah, and isn't it supposed to be? And 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 if it is Mm -hmm. supposed to be, and I think it was, yeah, then then the fact that I don't like it is
2: a good thing. I get right. Well, I'm gonna say I I don't like it from the stylistic choice of what they actually (laughs) did. I, I can see that that is meant to be creep, creepy and pu- uncomfortable and challenge you, but oh man, I, well, I guess I succeeded because I'm just horrified. <laughs> but uh, maybe this is uh,
0: uh, close to, closer to, to the question I'm asking. Then is if we just thought it was that it looked stupid or that it was a dumb idea, then we would say I didn't like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like my thing about how many aliens we we're seeing that are obviously people with you know with masks on in this day and age. You know you want to say, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I say, well, you're not supposed to think that they look okay. No, it just looks
1: okay. So I would you know have been <laughs> more creeped out. I think I would yeah. have been creeped out if it did the same thing and then like the finger dissolved in the ear or something like that. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, I, mm-hmm. I think that. But 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 that visual of especially later on in the episode where the doctor is basically uncorking them but yeah. you know <laughs> but that that well, just took away any scariness and just kind of made it kind of ick yeah but yeah but, but yeah it's we were supposed to, to, be it, to have then so yeah, story, yeah.
0: <laughs> so what about i know this is skipping ahead but what about her teaching it to do tricks
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, can't hey. teach a new. You can't teach an old finger new tricks. Hey, now, what it? That's right. Hmm.
0: Well, yeah, but, but even Yaz yes is ugh. <laughs> right. Thank you, Yaz. Yes. She's the yes, doctor saying, "Good dog." <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah. It, well, it is. It's it's very unsettling, and I guess you know. Horror fantasy is always looking for a new way to make people go, ew.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: But I did like the disconnecting fingers part of it. Now that, that I do, you know, find visually cool the way that the fingers kind of dis. It was just the finger in the ear thing. Just kind of looked. hokey.
2: (laughs) Oh, okay. You see, looks, looks hokey. I think that's a different discussion. And I, I do think it added an extra layer to, lair to Ryan's friend being horrified. <laughs> yeah. Once you see that, you are you understand completely why he's freaking out. Mm-hmm. So, I guess, yeah. mission accomplished. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We know that the
1: this being is doing something. We don't really connect the dots at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But what did you guys think of the, before we get through to the reveal of what this person or entity is what did you think was going on what were your thoughts as to what this creature might be or did you have any just curious what those thoughts or impressions were oh not a clue and neither
2: did i yeah
1: all right so we get to the reveal that he is basically what he is calling himself an immortal and i'll be honest and say that i had forgotten majority of the things that were revealed about and some of the things that he said Lee, do you want to hit on some of the things that he said and I'll fill in the gaps
0: <laughs> when he's uh, giving plot exposition to the doctor, which is part of what I didn't like about this, was that they have the doctor as a prisoner, and they're going to do whatever they want to do. But they do, in the old-fashioned movie villain style, stop <laughs> and explain to her what they're going to do and make sure that she knows the whole story. I loved how they told the story, but anyway. But he mentions, in rapid succession, the uh, the immortals, the guardians, and the toy maker. And, you know, I guess there are lots of immortals, <laughs> you might say. But in the Doctor Who universe, that does have special meaning, especially from the Fifth Doctor's time on. Uh, well, no, that's not true. We, we met the, the Guardians uh, in time of the Fourth Doctor. We've already established that there are races that are, as far as anybody can tell, immortal, and that they have almost unlimited power. A lot of the uh, the, the Fourth Doctor's time with Romana, with uh, the first incarnation of Romana, was about uh, trying to to keep the distance between the black guardian and the white guardian who are more powerful than the time lords and you know we we really don't have a sense of how powerful they actually are.
1: They don't have a speaking of sense, they do not have a fashion sense either, just that they do not
0: which and that's always been a stumbling block for me about the guardians who have who have birds on their heads. But yeah. Um <laughs> just the fact that they have birds on their heads exactly is a, is a problem for me but you know you, you make these choices and the toy maker takes us all the way back to the first doctor in an episode sadly lost but uh the great actor michael go was uh, was the toy maker and but but he's kind of of a type really of other uh entities that we've met along the way who are immensely old just at the very least and immensely powerful and we always figure out a way to to deal with them but if you know for fans of the classic series it was nice to have uh immortals guardians and the toy maker name checked just in one sentence like that but but uh, i i never find those kinds of characters interesting and (laughs) we'll we'll get back to discussing trek again discuss discussing trek.com by
2: the way, No, oh, oh. thank you, sir.
0: Yeah, get on board, folks. <laughs> but just listening to the last one, I was hearing everybody excited about the prospect of Q coming back on Picard, and I'm meanwhile shouting, "No!" <laughs> because I find characters <laughs> who are effectively immortal and immensely powerful boring. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, they just bore me to tears, and I just uh, I, mean, I I, I can't even really defend that. I just, I just immediately start zoning out when they say, well, you know, we can do whatever we want and we're never going to die. I go, okay, whatever.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. You can do everything you want, but you can't, especially in this case. <laughs> well, that's right. And this, yeah, and this is
0: always true with the Q Continuum characters too. And I don't know. And they're also fascinated by us. They're always fascinated with us. And I think, really? <laughs> <laughs> the universe is a lot bigger than that. Um, wow, really? They're all so interested in us. I don't know. As soon as we heard the Zellum was an immortal, I started backing away from this episode. <laughs> so, uh, that's just me. You,
1: you know, of all the immortal beings, and I, I have, of course, not seen the Celestial Toy Maker. I think that one, to me, has the biggest potential to have some type of interesting aspect simply because you're a. Gamester, you're looking for what games can you play? And I I just think there's something interesting about that. But then again, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, isn't that basically what Q was on Star Trek, The Next Generation?
0: And and, and, it's what Zelen is doing. It's, yeah. It's the same thing. It it is a trope or a meme of science fiction. And I acknowledge that science fiction has got lots of tropes and memes that get repeated. And I've done it myself. But, um, but yeah, this one that eternity is so long and we're just bored, bored, bored. So we decided to, to play with you. Okay. You
1: know, yeah. All right. Let me give a little bit of factual for anyone listening. The Celestial Toymaker, as Lee said, was part of the first Doctor's era. It is a serial that ran in four parts, and only the last of the four parts is known to exist. And it originally aired April 1966. The Guardians first appeared the white guardian actually in september 1978 it was a in the fourth doctor's era like lee said it was also the first appearance of mary tam as romana one and it was the ribos operation or ribos whichever one you want to say and then the eternals were in Enlightenment, which I believe is our friend Nicole's, or one of the serials that she very much enjoys, and that was March 1983 with the Fifth Doctor. So, yeah, just
0: and people big, who've seen that episode but may not be able to remember the name, just think about old-fashioned Earth sailing ships in space. In space, uh, yeah, it's that one. Yeah.
1: So what did you guys think about how they took the genie out of the bottle? She's coming <laughs> to Earth. And then they basically put the genie back into the bottle. What what any <laughs> thoughts on
2: on that? And I'll let that, uh, what did y'all think? Um I did not enjoy that at all. I didn't really buy into the fact that what's his name, Zillian and and the other uh, Zellen. Zellen and the girl. I don't know if we mm-hmm. you know her name. Uh I didn't I didn't ever buy the fact that they were like these companions <laughs> uh, working together to wreak havoc on these two planets. I I never really I really ne- never really felt the connection between them. And I think if I would have felt that a bit more, maybe it would have been a bit more fun. But all the moments where they're trying to have fun that they're in the episode by, you know, invading dreams and and uh wreaking havoc, I never really bought into it at all. It was just like an, could have been an afterthought that was never in the episode to me. It just didn't resonate at all for me. All right, Lee, what say you? Yeah,
0: you know that's a really good point, Clarence. Because as I'm thinking, why does it bug me so much that these are immortals and that they're they're messing with us? That really, to me, just sort of from a screenwriting point of view, it's like the answer is why are you going to these elaborate lengths to do these things to these people? And the answer is cause. <laughs> You know, and yeah. I just don't feel like that's a good enough reason, you know, yeah. eh, because we can. Well, OK, but wow, it really could have been an interesting reason. <laughs> but it's not. It's just we just like messing with you guys.
1: All right. So I'm going to add a little bit of credence to what you just said. If you could imagine yourself and I know it's almost impossible or it is impossible for us to really imagine this. But if you could imagine yourself as an immortal. And you've been around for centuries or millennia as we see years. If you are literally immortal, are you really going to be going down to some little planet that is to what we probably see ants as being and say, mm. Oh, I'm going to make half of you walk over here just to see what happens. Cause I'm bored. Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> well I, I guess we're missing a huge thing here. Cause that's, isn't that Kind of what the doctor does. I mean, not in a malicious way, right. not wreaking havoc, but the doctor's pretty much a mirror of uh, visiting these lesser people. Although, although the doctor doesn't see, you know, the human race is lesser. But you know, having fun in a positive way most of the time mm-hmm. uh, with these ants, basically, <laughs> if you really want to think of it, as far as a span of a life um, in in the time lord's eyes. So I mean I think it's funny how that kind of mirrors what the doctor is in some ways. But I don't know. I guess when it's just you're just there to wreak destruction and havoc, it just doesn't feel the same. I don't know. No, but but there was a moment where the doctor called them out,
0: you know, and said, You immortals, you know, you're all alike. You're so you know. <laughs> and, and there is there is a part of you that wants to go, Hey, you're two thousand years old. <laughs> um Yeah. So see, so yeah, I did have kind of the same thought. It's like uh, really, what is the difference after a, a certain point? Yeah, um, and we're we're led to understand that this is why, we, you know, we've been given hints over the years that this is why the doctor left Gallifrey in the first place is because, you know, these people who are thousands of years old and aren't interested in changing anything and are just sort of amusing themselves by looking in on the rest of the universe, like, you know, enough with you guys, I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> so. Yeah, What is the difference, ultimately?
1: Hmm. Mm. Very good. You know, I had not seen it that way, so very, very good point of view. I like that. That was cool. Her name is Rekaya, by
0: the way, the, uh, the the female appearing immortal Rekaya. I don't know
1: if they said it, but I'm looking at it in the script, so... Mm.
0: <laughs>
1: so I have a question. Actually, I have a trivia question for the two of you. Oh boy. This episode... Has something in common with fear her. What is it?
0: Something in common with fear her. Is it an actor? No. Mm.
1: I will say it, it is not a person. It is not a character. It is a, oh, and I, oh, if I give, if I say this, I'm going to give it away. <laughs> uh, it is a m- method, maybe uh, a, a visual effect.
0: Yes. Because one of the things I really liked about this was the, uh, the, the transitional wipes that had the same black smoke that uh, Zelen and Rakaya had when they moved from place to place, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, is it connected then to the the the, the black scribble in uh, Fear Her? Or?
1: It uh, maybe it's the animated storytelling. Of course. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So what did you guys think of using a portion of the story? being told in animation style as opposed to visual you know, another visual medium.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I just loved that. I I just thought it was gorgeous, just flipping gorgeous and,
1: uh, and a a very welcome, um, I don't know, welcome change at that point. Clarence, what
2: what about you? Did you like the animation? Yeah, I I think I enjoyed it as well. It kind of takes you out a bit from the episode, but I don't know. I think it's still fitting, you know, it was well done actually. So, yeah, I I I'm down for it. As
1: so I actually I agree that it was it was, you know, well done and et cetera, but if I'm only getting ten episodes and you made me <laughs> wait for a year, you could have spent some time and some energy and pieced together some more
2: video some, or some whatever. real people getting tortured and or something. <laughs> slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: I, I I liked it because it was somebody telling a story. And so we 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 rendered that the way she's she's telling an ancient myth. And so it was rendered as mythology with uh, the with um, constellations and, uh, you know, a a teeming mass of people representing teeming, representing a whole population. I just that that was exactly what I liked about it was that. You know, there were so many ways you could do it, and they chose this one. I I don't know.
1: I, so, I really like that. All thing. right, so I'll meet you halfway on that. If you could have <clears throat> shown me a cave or a stone wall and had <clears throat> all of that animation done with, with that, you know, you wave your hand and you see the story, all of it done like that, hands down, that would have been wonderful. Yeah, so that it would
0: have been inside the story instead of… Just kind of took you, as Clarence of said, outside. take
1: you out of the story.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know you're right. I think I would have preferred her to wave a hand. I mean, I, I'm glad that I enjoyed it so much because it it kept me from focusing on the fact that she's giving us plot exposition that yeah. the doctor doesn't need. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, true. I, I, I do see what you're saying, Cal, about how it doesn't really connect with anything else going on. You know. <laughs> As far as like how we go into the animation and pull out of the animation, you know? Yeah. So,
1: yeah, it, yeah. it was just kind of jarring to me. It just kind of like, huh? Wait, what happened? Because I literally, I promise you, I looked down and was like for just a brief second thinking that I hit the, you know, hit the remote and changed <laughs> channels. Right. Seriously. Yeah.
0: What show is this? <laughs> what show is this? Yeah. Dr. Why? That that narrator sounds just like the woman in that Doctor Who I'm I was telling watching. you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it is a, 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 an interesting episode stylistically because we have flashbacks, which is not something that this time travel show can really afford to do. We don't, you know, <laughs> it moves back and forth through time enough as it is. You don't want to do that as part of a storytelling convention, too. But yeah. in this episode, they they dared to do it. Uh, in fact, to take us way back with Yes. And so I'm still sort of unsorting what I thought about all of
1: that. Well, I think the best way to sort through that is to segue into our next part of the story, Mm -hmm. which is I want to talk about the three companions and the focusing that we got in this episode on the companion. Yeah. Before we do that, though, was there anything else about the immortals that you guys wanted to bring up before we get into talking about Graham, Yaz, and Ryan.
2: Mm, I'll just bring it up real quick. When the doctor was actually um, tied up or uh, in cuffs, how she got to her sonic just <laughs> really got on my nerves. <laughs> just just kind of like hoisted it up through her pocket like, what? Yep. Yep. <sighs> a, a
0: newly undis- unrevealed uh uh, ability of the sonic i guess i don't no i i i challenge anybody what well, this is another one of these bets to give it a con right i will give a crisp five dollar bill to anybody cosplaying as the 13th doctor
1: who can <laughs> hop
0: that sonic out of her pocket and up her hand.
1: Uh, yeah i'd never thought i would ever say this but that <laughs> sonic <laughs> screwdriver and the inclination the 13th Doctor has to point that sonic screwdriver at every single thing she comes in contact with makes mm-hmm. me wish for the days of the shades.
2: <laughs> it would be interesting to see <laughs> uh, the first doctor. J- yeah, <laughs> It would be interesting to see Jodi without the sonic though. I think I might <laughs> like that better. A lot the stories to be write, written just a little bit differently and you know I would like to see her rationalize things out with without pointing the sonic at everything, like you said. So I, I'm down for that. If we can make that happen, let's oh. steal the sonic or yeah. lose it or something. Lose it but or no something. no shades. No yeah. shades.
1: No, yeah, well, yeah, true. Maybe maybe be sonic-less for a season. Mm-hmm. Kind of revisit her fifth Doctor and sixth Doctor eras and be sonicless a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We see in this episode, and this is actually something that I like, it seems that there are, is a repetitive thing that is going on. That when she lands the TARDIS to take them home, they're taking home or landing in that one central spot. I do like that because it does present a connectivity in the other stories, and, and and so just from a visual aspect, I like that she's landing the TARDIS in that one place. So let's talk about Yaz's dream and. Lee, you brought her up. So I want you to take Yaz's story first. What was it you said that you were still trying to sort that out? I am too. And I'm curious as to what you two, what your thoughts are and Lee specifically what you were trying to sort out.
0: I guess what what I mean is that I'm trying to sort out my own feelings about it, that Usually, if you're going to have something like that seeded through a story, it's because it is the most important thing in the story. So when we get to the climax of our story about these Eternals, we still have a a, a pretty good percentage of the episode dedicated to completing, to tying off this story about Yaz. So as we got to the (laughs) closing titles, I was thinking – was this supposed to be an episode about Yaz? Yes? And if so, why didn't I think about it until now? Because instead, it was just just confusing. I don't be, because we also spent a goodly amount of time with Ryan and Tebow and and with uh, Graham and his uh, card playing buddies. But the real focus there of the dreams was about Yaz, yes. uh, and and it's moving towards the larger message coming in uh, about the importance of of talking to people when you've got a when something's on your mind when 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 something's troubling you and that's something that that was something that needed to happen in Yaz's life but is that really related to the rest of the story is it i just i just felt like i didn't
1: quite get it does that does that make any sense mm, i think it does clarence what, what what do you think what's your thoughts
2: mm. Yeah, I kind of agree because, uh, you know, we've spoken before about how much we love Yaz's parents, which we don't see in this episode. Right. But from the past times we've seen her with her family, I've never really got the sense that there could have been some type of rift. Uh, But, you know, people you you have a loving family, you still don't talk to them because you feel like your problems are beyond, you know, beyond anything they can handle or help you with. So I can see that as well. But 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 that being said, it, it's the whole scene with her and her sister. It felt weird in a sense. We never really got. They were talking about an anniversary of something that apparently their parents and the sister and Yaz were. I wouldn't say mourning over. I I just don't know. They kind of are elusive in what's actually going on in that moment. But then we fl- flash back to Yaz's experience of being alone and being out there by herself but they show her sister there so it's just really confusing and I don't know yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah
1: I'm I'm totally there with you I didn't understand what event that they were commemorating, and I'm sitting there thinking, "Well, you're going to find this out throughout the episode." We, mm-hmm. I still don't know what the the event right. was that we're commemorating, and the way they played that scene on the road with Yaz being, you know, in the middle, and you see this older person and this younger person. I didn't probably until I think that the two of them started talking, the sister and Yaz started talking. My first thought was this is somehow representing Yaz as a child, Yaz as an adult, because it's a cop, you know, police person Mm -hmm. up there. And I'm thinking she's maybe this is representing her making a choice of what I was or seeing myself as a child and seeing what I could become. Mm -hmm. I thought that's where they were going. And then you go off on this. She's running away. That just was. I'm assuming she's running. Uh,
2: now it would be interesting if the older woman winded up being her. Looks nothing like her. am just right,
1: <laughs> but that would be interesting. But, yeah, but it, but, 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 but it's it no, not that's what, what happened. I thought,
2: no,
0: but that is that was my first thought too. I thought, oh, when the camera comes in closer on them, we're going to see that all three of these are yes. No, that's not what happened. Oh well, <laughs>
1: you know. Mm. I think this was an attempt. To give us another layer of Yaz, yes, mm-hmm. but I don't think you sprinkled a hint of that prior, and it just made it not resonate. I think as well as maybe it could have. I mean, you know, they 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 make the comment that Yaz was bullied in school. You know, I I I'm sure in all shapes and and fashion or whatever, some of us. You know, majority of us or whatever has had some type of bullying or something in grade school or secondary, or whatever you want to call it. I just didn't see the character that we've seen as Yaz so far having been victim of bullying. I'm not saying that couldn't happen, but it just seemed like that was just out of left field.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, she's mentioned it once before, but that's all. We we haven't gone back and seen it. We haven't talked about why or what the impact was or, you know, it was just mentioned Then now here it is again. And it's apparently really important. Yes. But yeah, you know, we, we don't, the audience hasn't had a fair chance to, to catch up with it. It's interesting. I don't know. Yeah.
1: If you guys don't mind, let's move on to Graham and Clarence. Why don't you take this one first? What was your thoughts of the scenes that we had with Graham in his dream state?
2: Hmm. Uh, I, I do say – I will say that Graham has some interesting friends, so I, I enjoy, quite enjoy seeing them playing uh, cards. I yeah. thought that was fun. As far, far as his vision goes, I think we get the explanation later in the episode that the reason he was given the vision is because the little G gods wanted to uh, lord the doctor in, in the ultimate Palpatine move, I guess you call it. <laughs> to, try, to, try to lure yes. the doctor <laughs> so you know they 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 kind of used Graham as a um to to get the doctor where they wanted and they even used a doctor we didn't talk about that earlier mm-hmm. uh in tricking her into doing their bidding which i thought that was all interesting and you know if you see a, someone trapped in agony in a vision that's and you have somebody like the doctor who is a fixer good at mm-hmm. fixing things helping people you're going to tell her so you know they, they they chose you know, I guess they probably could have chose any of the companions to get this division, but I liked it being with Graham. All right.
1: What about and before Lee, before you reply, what did you think
2: about seeing Grace again? So we saw Grace in the sequence where they were all uh, pretty much strung up and I guess this was supposed to be their ultimate fear or nightmares, uh, that that they would get in I don't know. I I just find that being very harsh and that has to be something that Graham is living with. That's that has to be something he probably pushes to the back of his mind, but you know, it probably comes up each and every day um uh, that, you know, what happened to Grace? Did I n- not do enough to save her, you know, back in the first episode of the last season? So yeah, I mean, that's something that's always going to be with him. So I think that was cool to see the actor for Grace come back in and in reprise a role. And, you know, it's a good callback. And, you know, to know that Graham is always facing this as we do in real life face things and soldier on anyway. So well said. All right, Lee,
0: what say ye? Uh, very much the same. And I, I guess I've been waiting for for it to come up in the series and th- you know if if the uh, I- immortals here are living or feeding or at least enjoying our suffering then yeah this is the place to go with graham when you've got your finger in his ear uh <laughs> is to is to bring grace back and to have her say why didn't you save me mm-hmm. oh and by the way you've got cancer and you're going to die <sighs> yeah yeah let's let's twist all those knives at the same time it just
1: you know, it, it, it all made sense to me. It's terrible. but mm. I, I think you could not. And, and before we go to Ryan, I, I, I want to talk about something else real quick. And Lee, you couldn't have given me the per, more perfect segue <laughs> than what you just did of the agony and the knives and et cetera and so forth. So we get this scene between Graham and the doctor where he's basically opening up and talking about the fear of cancer and I think chances are all of us have had someone in our family who has had cancer at you know, some relative or someone we know. And and so I I am curious to hear what you guys think about not necessarily what Graham said to the doctor, but more specifically what the doctor said slash didn't mm. say mm. thoughts.
2: Yeah. I think when you come to someone that's with such a a hard situation, such a, a, you know, something that he's gone through and is hopefully behind him, but this is a huge situation. This is, you know, life-changing for him. And a lot of times we don't tell people what we might be going through is because they're going to get that same <laughs> expression or give that same response that the doctor gave they don't know what to say and I I think that's especially for me I I don't I often don't project things that I'm going through just because I don't want to bring people down I don't want to put them in a situation where they can't respond to what you're saying so I definitely feel the doctor's pain in that situation she is she has sympathy for what what Graham is going through but it's just like a situation You, you don't know what to say. And really, there is nothing to say. You're just you're probably there more so to just be a ear to to hear and let them know that you're there for them if they do need you. So, yeah, I I really felt for both of them in this situation. But just, you know, when, when you're telling people your issues, your problems, it's not always about them giving you a answer because a lot of time there is no answer. It's about just being an ear and just listening to what they're saying, you know. All right, Lee, what about you? What what were your thoughts? Um I am
0: sitting here uh, very emotional right now because I, I think about these things a lot and I I want to say I couldn't put that any better than Clarence just did. But you know, you can't shut me up anyway, so I'll keep talking. Um <laughs> even though Clarence has already put it perfectly, but it, it's it's so 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 very true when when I was Back in the days when I was clergy, one of the things I was eager to learn about that I had observed in, you know, the, 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 the clergy people that I had observed as being sort of masterful and dealing with these, these times of grief for people. I wanted to know what are the, what are the things that you say? What are the right things to say? And of course, Clarence is exactly right. And it was the great truth that was imparted to me. There is no right thing to say. There are a lot of wrong things to say, and I've heard them all. <laughs> God loved him so much, he wanted him to come home with... You know, that is not a comfort. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, uh, I got a million of them, but uh, anyway. Uh, and and the doctor acknowledges being socially awkward, and, and she says that she doesn't quite know what to say. But in her in the meta of her explaining that to him, What she says is, but I'm here Mm. and that's, that's all you can do. So she really does exactly the right
1: thing. And notice how, how pleased he is by that. Mm. So the first time I, 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 and you guys gave me the answer. I was hoping and Mm. actually expecting you guys to give me in all honesty. The first time I watched it, I was pissed off at the doctor because I was like, this is so out of character uh, this is so badly written. This is blah, 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 et cetera, and so forth. The second time I watched it, I picked more up on, Clarence, what you said in the sense of I said, maybe they're trying in the doctor's response to portray that awkward feeling of what do I say at this point that I don't offend, that I don't come across, how do I you know, and all those, and, and instead of just thinking them in your mind, the doctor thought them out loud. Which right? he does.
2: You <laughs> know, exactly. And, and, that's
0: and,
1: and right. That, that's in character. Yeah. 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 So that second time I watched it through and I thought that and I was like, wow, okay, this is actually, I like, and, and, and you're right. That's in character of this doctor because mm-hmm. she is socially awkward and she is kind of, and, and assuming that it's been a long time that she, since she's been a woman or if she's ever been a woman or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be, she's been a man for quite a a while. So she is probably awkward in herself because she's different than what she's previously been for quite a while. So I, I can kind of see that. So interesting thoughts there. Let me add on to that if I can that I, I, I
0: love also what Clarence said about how Uh, Any of us who care about other people, I I feel like if you're empathetic at all and you've got something weighing on you, then when you have the opportunity to share with somebody, you you may begin calculating what's going to happen when I try to shift this burden to this other person. Uh, Haven't I haven't I made things worse for them? You know, unless they come to you, (laughs) unless they instigate it and say, please let me help you shoulder this. And and. It is. It's a real problem. And so for a lot of us, I mean, stereotypically, it becomes a guy thing, right? That we just say, I'm just going to, I'll handle this. I'm just going to keep it to myself. And it creates all kinds of trouble when we do. And it it struck me, you know, I can, there's a lot of things about this episode I don't like, but I do love this. What's the name of this episode?
1: Can you hear me? Wow. Oh, wow. And I really think that's why it's called that interesting and and you know i think it goes and and, and I, i'll i'll approach this in in just a minute but i think it goes not into the the male sex of being guys i think it also there is a level of your culture that you're in and you know whatever your culture may be whether it is You know, British culture, African American, uh, what, why, whatever the case may be, American, Spanish, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever your culture, whether your religious background, it, it, you deal with your emotions and you deal with your, you know, mental health as we're about to get into differently. So let's get into Ryan and Tebow and their friendship and some of the suggestions Ryan has. So let's get into that. So uh, Clarence, why don't you give me your first impression about these two best friends and seeing each other and the, and take it from there.
2: Now is Tebow the same guy we saw at the basketball court? Or is that somebody else? Must be. I couldn't,
1: I, remember. I, I couldn't remember either. I assumed yeah. that it was, but I wasn't sure.
2: He, he calls him his best friend. His best mate. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What was is, uh, is that? A, <laughs> but a, about Ryan and Tebow. Um, you know, it's weird seeing Tebow in that place. You no know, shit in doesn't want to come out the house. Of course, he has a very good reason. He's being haunted by this uh demon god guy. So good reason. But you know, I I think when you look at the bigger story, I, to, in my opinion, what they're trying to say with Ryan's uh arc in this story is that. He's not there for his friend. And they even kind of say that uh, message again during the the uh, nightmare sequence with the fire and an older TiVo, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. And even the Drake. I, I don't know what the message is there. Uh, but, you know, I think they're just they're trying to tell us that Ryan isn't there for you for, for his friend. And similar, I guess in a similar sense, you know, can you hear me? When your friends aren't there, you still need to talk to somebody, you know, if you're going through something, uh, you know, a friend might not be there all the time. So, you know, by the end of this episode, we see where he's reached out to uh, a group, you know, professional help seemingly by the end. So, you know, I think this is try- the message you're trying to, to press upon us with him and his story. Now, I don't really get fully comprehend the the nightmare seekers with the fire and the drag. Are they saying if Ryan doesn't come back to Earth, the, <laughs> there's going to be a nuclear <laughs> uh, winner or something?
0: <laughs> well, he's, yeah, he said the world is burning. Mm.
2: Mm. <sighs> See, so
1: here's my impression of that or my interpretation. I'm taking that, and I actually thought that one was done pretty well. I'm taking that, that Ryan is thinking about all the things that he's been doing and he's pairing that in his dream. And think about it, dreams are supposed to be our mind's way of working out our subconscious into some degree. So I'm seeing him thinking about all the things that he's done and leaving his friends behind as they get older and he's off doing something else. So you put those two together, you see events from Orphan 55 paired with his guilt of leaving his friends behind, you put them together and you get his dream.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is where we leave Ryan at the end of the episode, too, right? He, he says, is, is this our lives, going from one place to the next and ignoring home? We're getting older, but without them, we're missing out bits of
1: their lives. Let me ask you, do you guys see the, that <clears throat> it's almost like, and I don't want to say bad writing, but it's almost like you're just throwing it in our face. One of these companions is likely to leave. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I did feel like we were being teased uh, with with that because um, because yeah, those last few lines. That's how it struck me. this that, that Ryan came away from that experience with Tebow, and we find him sitting in the TARDIS, thinking, "When when we come back, we're going to be different, but the people that we care about they'll they'll still be who they were before." And and he's he doesn't seem to be liking that. Interesting. So he, he he may be the he may be thinking he needs to hit that door, and we see that Yaz is working through some serious stuff. We guess. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> I, you know I don't know.
2: Um,
0: mm. Well, but they have promised the doctor now that they're going to be with her.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because we're your mates. Yes, indeed. You you Lee Shackelford shared something on our Facebook page earlier today, and. I wanted to touch on that specifically at this part because I think it's timely. So it had to do Mm -hmm. with Christopher Eccleston. So would you like to fill us in on that? Well, we've talked about it a little bit before,
0: but, um, he's getting, um, he, he's becoming one of those people who's saying, can you hear me? Uh, That once he had sort of tentatively let people know that he's had some fairly profound depression, anxiety disorder, like on a, a very large and difficult scale. And, and what he's been met with is acceptance and a, you know, a support. So he's now getting more public about that. And in this, um, this interview, which I, I guess was very recent, he, he was saying that he, he thinks that is even one of the reasons why he was cast because RTD really wanted to begin this reboot with a doctor who is fresh out of the time war. And who is shell-shocked. He is a mm-hmm. shattered man. And so he cast one. Interesting with, And daring, dangerous, if if true. <laughs> Usually you don't like to hire actors for a long run on a series when they've got a profound problem <laughs> of some kind. Yeah. But actually we do it all the time. So he's now presenting himself as somebody who is has fought very hard for his recovery and that reconnecting with Dr. Who and with the fandom is now part of his ongoing therapy. And, you know, as a depression and anxiety sufferer myself, although apparently not on the scale that that he's been dealing with, that just makes me punch the air and say, I always liked you, but man, now I love you. That's you go,
1: you go, Chris. So here is a uh, quote from that article that you're talking about. And it kind of ties back into our story here. It says, I'm male and Northern and from a working class background. So you were not supposed to speak about your feelings, he says. I still carry all the baggage about masculinity and toughness. And I was ashamed about my depression and eating disorder. So, you know, I took away from that, you know, he's, he's from, The Northern, you know, this is what is expected of him and he's not supposed to talk about being depressed or he's not supposed to have an eating disorder and it's all done. You're not supposed to. And that's kind of what the vibe that I got from Tebow was, even though it wasn't stated and I'm, and, and I'm layering over personal stuff to get this mentality that I'm about to say, but I was seeing it more so as, you know, he is a man of color and he didn't think that he was supposed to go and go to any type of counseling. And I say that because back in the early nineties, I lost some people in my family or that, that was very close to, and I told a person that is like a brother to me, That I was going to go see a psychiatrist and I went one time and I came back and I said, Hey, guess what I did today? I went to go see a psychiatrist. I did this and this is blah, blah, blah. And his response was, you need to man up. You know, you don't need a psychiatrist. You didn't, you need to man up. Now keep in mind, we're about 18, 19 years old at this Mm -hmm. time. So I never went back because, Hey, he told yes, me, yeah. you know, uh, you know, I don't need to go back. And and years later, 10 or 20 years later, we talked about that. And his response to me was, hey, I, I mean, maybe I shouldn't have said that to you, but look from where I was. That was just instilled in me as in you don't do that. You don't go to. And, and, and I saw that, that, that there were so many echoes that I, I, I felt like. I was reliving that moment whenever I'm Mm. having Ryan and Tebow talking to each other. I was feeling that I'm not supposed to go to, you know, don't make me, you know, don't tell me I need to go to a psychiatrist. I don't need to do that. I I need to man up.
2: Yeah. And and I don't know what the exact stigma or. The feelings are in the UK around that. I don't know if it's totally different than it is. Certainly, apparently example, not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's certainly your your example applies to the the <laughs> America. You know, I, I'll speak for myself. And you know, usually. As far as the people I know, being a black man, a lot of the counseling you receive, if you want to call it counseling, is from family, your pastors, you know, um, church members. But as far as like professional uh help like that, you know, I, I've never... I don't know if I've ever known many people growing up it, it, that were black that actually went and pursued that. So I can definitely see mm. your, uh, your brother uh, telling you that. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's a stigma with with African Americans here in America that has, is changing as of late, I will say, but, you know, and I think it, there are a lot of other deep rooted causes of that. If you want to go a little further back, you know, maybe the availability of things like that a little early on. So but I just think America in general, that stigma is changing. You know, it's not only limited to African Americans, but you know, it, it's largely an American thing as far as I feel and talking about your feelings. And, and, you know, certainly again, over the last 20, 30 years, I think that has changed for the positive. Agreed. But you know, I think this is one way
1: of where like or hate some of the elements, the fact that we can have in our discussion, Such a deep discussion, I think, is a positive mark for this story. And you have to feel like,
0: uh, to the extent that some of these episodes have been message shows, that this is how it's supposed to work, right? Yes. That we're having this meaningful conversation because of the issues raised in the episode, instead of rolling our eyes and saying, okay, we've ruined the planet,
2: You You know what? We knew that.
0: We knew that an hour ago, and you're not telling us anything we don't know. So yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but instead, yeah, Um, yeah, Yeah. I I was very moved by this, and I I don't. This is not my favorite line from the episode, but I did write it down anyway. But because it did kind of make me, you know, want to punch the air, as I as I've grown to say. But I love this when, when the, the, this is one of the this is one of these moments of the 13th doctor being the doctor in my mind when uh, the uh, the immortals are, are are laughing at how frail we are. And she says, you're wrong about humans. They're not pathetic. They're magnificent. They live with their fears, their doubts, their guilts. They face them down every day and they prevail. That's not weakness. That's strength. And that's what humanity is. Yeah. And I said, "Boy, I know so many people who really are broken and kind of taped loosely together, but by God, they go on." Yeah.
1: So, mm. would that be your favorite quote?
0: That's not my favorite quote. <laughs> oh, I, I've wow. even got, I've even got others that I, <laughs> but it's right up there. That's you know, I, I, I want to I get that on a T-shirt because it's the living truth. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the people I know who do soldier on every day, they do it because they're able to do it because they told somebody how they felt and they got some help. Yeah. So anyway,
2: it's, it's funny. Like, I, I feel like we're going to leave this episode and just having this discussion and talking about it out is is maybe look at it deeper. And it's definitely going to be one I remember it is not going to be about the antagonist at all. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> it's it's it's, go- it's going to be about, you know, these people that are need people to talk to that that are going through situations we all go through and we see we see these re- these characters reaching out for help and and how we all need to do the same. So yeah, that wow, that <laughs> that's deep.
1: <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, one of my favorite moments in the
0: episode is Tebow telling uh, Ryan what's been going on, and Ryan gives him no reaction at all. But Tebow jumps to—he to, he tries to tell Ryan what he's thinking. You know, he he tells, try, tries to tell Ryan what Ryan is thinking. He says, "I knew you'd laugh at me." Yeah. he's not laughing. And Ryan says, "Look at me," <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, would yeah. If you could only imagine the things that Ryan has seen, you know. He's like, no, but but look um, imagine the day that. If we could just stop for a day thinking about what we think people are going to say or do, if we could just erase our brains of all of the ifs and what and whatevers that we think, imagine how much better our lives might be if we could get all of Uh, the whatevers out of our heads.
0: As another of my friends likes to say, it would be like all of the Clark Kents in the world taking off their glasses at once. <laughs> Which he just recently
1: you know? did, by the way. <laughs> Seriously, in the comic he did. Okay. <laughs> um, so 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 that it was a good, good good segue out of getting really deep there for a second. So let's talk about something trivial. <laughs> so a trivial might be our favorite quote.
2: Oh, so what was your favorite quote, Clarence Brown? Oh man, I don't think I have one. <laughs> I really don't. Uh if if I would think of a moment, it's gonna be when, when Graham was reaching out uh to the doctor. Um I just that that scene is gonna be like ingrained in my memory from henceforth. <laughs> uh just just great stuff.
1: All right. I don't have a personal quote or a favorite quote, honestly, from this one. Uh, I do have a favorite scene, and obviously because I re- related to it, like I just mentioned a moment ago, the scene where Ryan and Tebow are talking about going to counseling, I, for obvious reasons, connected with that. So that would be my favorite scene. So, Lee... Favorite quote and or scene? Well, I, I'm going to defend the uh, the
0: animated sequence uh, right down the line. That really was my favorite scene in the episode. Uh, and there's a lot of things visually to love in this, uh, but I, I just really love the way that was done. But I, I acknowledge that I think you're exactly right, uh, Kyle, that I think um, if that had been inside the story instead of outside of it, it would have been even better. So – there you go. I actually have several favorite lines from this episode, and, and so I can't prioritize them. One of them, I hope you caught the running joke through the script, is people saying, Oi! <laughs> I didn't catch that. Well, what's happening is that some people keep insulting each other, and the response is, Oi! <laughs> huh. So, yeah. Um, I can't even think of an example now, because there were so many of them. Yeah. Oi! Oh, yeah. um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, oh, well, Ryan tells Tibo. Tebo says, I slept like a baby last night. And Ryan's, and, you know, instead of saying good, you know, that's wonderful news, Ryan says good because you need all the beauty sleep you can get. <laughs> Tebo <laughs> <Yeah>. says, hi.
2: Oh. <laughs> that was a good one. But, you yeah. know, it's
0: just, you know, the equivalent of our, hey. Hey. Sweet say down here, hey. And I did have to look up Kip. Ah, okay. I I knew that one from from being in some some British slangy plays. Yeah. I have already seen a t-shirt for sale although I think it's, you know, from a fan that says she's basically the definition of impossible. Oh, yes. So, did like that. But really, I think if there's something a single line that I loved it, it it's sort of the way Gray delivers it but uh after describing these planets that he's seen in his vision the doctor says could you identify them again and he says you get me an a to z of the universe and i'll be able to stick my <laughs> finger straight in- no i've got no idea
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was good that was good i remember getting a laugh on that
0: one. Oh boy you don't have a a lie a, a line, but you did have a scene yeah,
2: yeah uh, my favorite scene slash thing it's more of a thing than a scene is 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 the doctor when graham wants to zoom in on the the planets uh to see what's you know keeping them apart uh the doctor just kind of strums on these strands that look like a harp yeah so that's kind of my favorite thing because i'm like okay you know that's different you know string interface for zooming in i I liked it it's kind of cool good visual good visual final rating
1: And you know what? I'll start it off. I'm going to give this, mm, I'm going to give it a 4.2. The fact that, again, and I know I just said this, that we were able to have a a discussion where we weren't superficial, we actually got really kind of deep there for a second, I think is deserving of a 4.2. That's mine, 4.2.
2: So Clarence, what say you? Uh, I'm going to go with a 3.9. 3.9. 3.9. I think this episode comes up tremendously for me when we start to talk about all the impact of, you know, can you hear me? And how um, these characters are reaching out for help. And that's something you have to kind of dig a little deeper into the episode, and get beyond the surface, surface like really getting to, which they do call it out by the end of the episode. But just going back with you guys and looking at all these tidbit bits that I that I may have missed the first time watching, you know, I I think it's just really deep and a good episode to have a conversation with, with friends, man. Indeed. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right. Leisha. Well, I'm with you, Kyle. And, you know, just uh, salute to Douglas Adams and Hitchhiker. When I don't know, I always say 42. So uh, (laughs) we'll we'll give it the 4.2.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, I love episodes where I'm ending it, and even though we've not stopped recording, where I feel like this is one that I could say that someone listening will go away and having listened to us, maybe go away and be a little bit, not that you enjoyed us, we want you to enjoy, but maybe you learned something and maybe you go away being a little bit better for yourself. So that, that that to me is, is like something that's special that doesn't always happen every episode. And I want to do something different for the closing instead of going around the room and saying, where can you be found on the internet? I would say for anyone listening, if there is something going on with you, that you need to talk to someone, whether it's a family member, whether it is you know someone in your church, whether it is professional help or whatever the case may be. You know your circumstance. You know what you're going through. Seek out whatever help that might be because it's worth it. And thank you for joining us. We're glad that you're here. Gentlemen, thank you for, as always, being on here with me. And as always, we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.
0: Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. hundred and eighty So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?